0: Welcome to this week's message from a new church. For more information, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit our website, newchurch.nz. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this message. Uh, we are starting. We're calling it Worship February, and just focusing on on worship afresh. And I know we've done this a few times throughout the years of just spending some time in worship and, and, and re- reviewing what that means, but I really felt this year is going to be a little bit different uh, because what happens is we get really excited about worship for a few weeks and and we have great worship at the end of the messages and we get excited about it and then it sort of just sort of peters off. Um, this time we are really believing um, that it's not just going to be a momentary thing that as we learn about worship and as we have a deepening revelation of worship, what it really is and, and how important it is in the local church, that that's gonna um, embed itself into the ethos and the values of our church, uh, something that we carry as Renew Church from now on. So I'm really excited about that. The last time I started a series on worship was the week before the lockdown. And so, oh my goodness. Uh, so I'm excited that there is no lockdown, there is no, nothing like that happening, so we can actually carry on with an awesome ser- uh, series about worship. And lastly, because I've got so much material on this, it was so easy to like, oh, I'll just pick up that, and that, that's a really good point. I want to talk about that again. I really felt this time to, to go to the Lord and say, God, please give me a fresh um, revelation of this, something that I haven't taught before, something that I haven't really thought about or, or focused on before, and he has done that, and it's been a bit of a journey. Um, so, so hold on this morning. Uh, you're in for a bit of a ride, but I'm really excited. Who's excited? Hopefully, we're excited about being in church. Hopefully, we're excited about worship. So, what is the purpose of the local church? Have we actually ever thought about that? Um, you know, what do we do? And if I was to ask a whole lot of us this morning, um, there would be some recurring answers. Like evangelism, the purpose of the local church is, is for evangelism or discipleship. That's a great purpose that we're here to disciple, to go and make disciples or to go and bring social change and, and to, to meet needs in and community and, and show the love of God and, and, and be a light on a hill or to fellowship. We're a family. So a lot of these things would sort of, to, we, 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 we'd see recurring themes and, and they're all right, by the way. But then if I was to ask us what was the primary purpose what was first and foremost the purpose of the local church? Then again, we'd probably um, have one of those, but we would think that is, that is actually the top purpose of the local church. So, so what is the top priority? What is the purpose of the local church, like first and foremost? And it's all about worship, so I've sort of let the cat out of the bag already, so just forget this series is about worship for a second. What is the top priority of the, and purpose of the local church? Is it evangelism? Like Should that be the number one Thing that we do and we focus on as a church. So, if we have this view, the primary purpose of the local church would be to draw unchurched people to the Christian faith. And because reaching the lost would be the most ultimate purpose of the church, then everything we would do as a church, from the preaching series to the worship songs to the length of the service, would be determined by the perceived needs and desires of the unchurched. And there was uh, an era in church history just a few decades ago where this became um, a thing where people would water down messages and people would shorten their services because who on earth would want to sit for an hour and a half or two? So let's make it 40 minutes and let's just strip it all down and let's make all the the service uh, messages all about the unreached and how can we attract them in? And there is a a sort of a truth in that because we don't want to be seeker unfriendly. Uh, we sort of want to be friendly to everyone who is seeking the truth, right? But when we boil this down, if that would be the only reason what we do, the primary is to reach, like, we've got to think like the unchurched. We've got to think like those that don't know Jesus. We've got to, to use what they want and what they desire to attract them into church. And the problem with that, and it's in First Corinthians 1 verse 18, it says, the message of the cross is foolishness. To those that are perishing. Uh, so we can't really, we shouldn't really think like the lost, that's not a good thing to do because the lost, the unsaved, the unchurched actually think wrongly. And a lot of the time they think toxically. Uh, I'll get back to evangelism, but what if the primary reason for the church would be discipleship. So as a bit of a kickback for the seeker-sensitive era, then people sort of swung the other way. And it's like, okay, it's not about meeting the needs of the unchurched anymore. It's about meeting the needs of all the Christians that are already in church. So everything we do now is to, to comfort the Christians and to encourage the Christians and to build the Christians up and, and to and to make them impacting the, the world. It's all about those that are already in the church. So we don't look outward anymore. We look inward. And it's. It's all about, so everything we do is all about us. And unfortunately, that is really self-centered. And it makes the church very inward focused. And they've tracked this over the last 10 years or so. Every single church that has forgotten about the world and forgotten about the lost and is instead focused solely on themselves and solely on discipleship of people in the church, they those churches die a slow death because they become so inward focused and forget about the mission. I'll talk about that a little bit further on. Is the primary focus of the church community impact? And is it all about meeting the needs of those outside and bringing moral reform? And I've actually preached this before and it's a well-known quote that, the, the church is the only establishment on earth that is there to, to, to seek those or to help those outside of it, not inside of it. And on all of these three points I've actually brought out in, the, in years past, but is it to, to, to deal with issues and, and to meet the needs of people out there, to, to make great community impact? And there is a truth in that, and I'm going to talk about that soon. But the, the, the pitfall with this, if we make this a priority, The church will meet needs in the community, but they will forget that it's souls that are saved. It's not just about meeting needs. And, And then we get caught up in activism and social reform. And instead of gathering around the cross of Jesus, the church then gathers around an issue and forgets the point altogether. And again, like there are churches that have tracked down this way and they just become really, really sad and they die a slow death. It's important, but should it be the most important Yes, the local church's purpose is most definitely to evangelize. Like I was I gotta be careful here because everyone's saying, Well, Simon, you're not for evangelism anymore, and you're not for discipleship, and what what on earth is church for? Yes, the local church's purpose is most definitely to evangelize. Mark 16, 15, it's very clear. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. That is definitely a major purpose of why we gather together of of the local church, but evangelism should not be the top purpose or priority of the local church. There's something else that must take priority in the local church so that evangelism will be powerful and will be productive. Um, Sound team, if you could turn off the mood music behind me, that would be awesome. Thank you. It's good music, but it's probably not in conjunction with my message. Thank you so much. Yes, the local church's purpose is most definitely to disciple. Matthew 28, 19, it says, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Like, and I've talked about that, that, and you've heard me say it very clearly. that I believe that the church should be a disciple-making living organism made up of people that go and make Disciples, but discipleship should not be the top purpose or priority of the local church. There's something else that must take priority so that our discipleship becomes effective and powerful. Yes, the local church's purpose is to make a difference in society. Absolutely. Matthew 5 13 and 14 says, You are the salt of the earth, you are the light of of the world, making a difference is a big part of what we do and it's a part of our purpose statement. Actually, all of these things are, but making a difference should not be the top purpose and priority of our church. There's something else that must take priority so that our social impact and reaching and blessing and making a difference in the community becomes powerful and effective. So what is the top priority and purpose of the local church? What is it? And started to think something like evangelism and discipleship and community and even fellowship. They are all so important and they are all a part of what we do. But all of those things, they are man-focused. They are human-centric. They are focusing on us. And there is actually someone else we need to focus on. And it's not us. It's in Mark 12, verse 30 to 31. It says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Jesus was questioned, what is the greatest commandment? And the the teachers of religious law were thinking, well, what are the 10 commandments? He actually didn't use any of those. He came up with sort of a new one that encompassed all the law and the prophets. It's called the greatest commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than these we understand the second part and i would suggest to you that evangelism and community and fellowship and all of those things what's the other one that i forgot discipleship are all a part of that second half of the great commandment and they are all a priority a priority of what we do in local church but we've got to understand the first part of that verse. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. Giving worship to God first comes first. And I think sometimes, well, I definitely have neglected to understand or think about that. The worship of God and glorifying Him is the primary reason for the local church. Mark Diva, and he's been quoted, this is like all over the place when you start looking at the subject. It says, the proper ends for a local congregation's life and actions are the worship of God, the edification of the church, and the evangelization of the world. Understand that order. The worship of God, the edification of the church, and the evangelism of the world. The worship of God, the exaltation, like glorifying Him, coming together, it's its the top priority. All of those other ones are major priorities, but we've got to understand, we've got to get this order right. Give God worship and glory and honor first. That's why we've been created. The Bible makes it abundantly clear from Genesis right through to Revelation. That is why we were created as people and I believe the local church carries this on, is to worship God and to glorify Him. Um, In church history, there's something called the Westminster Catechism, and it, it succinctly says man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him Forever, this is what we were called to do. This is what we were created for because that connection that comes when we worship God and we surrender to Him and we glorify Him and we put Him first despite what's going on in our life, we put Him first, that brings a power that makes every other priority of the church powerful. First and foremost, it is glorifying God. It is worshiping Him with all of our lives because we are the priesthood of Of all believers, I want to talk about that. It's not something that we sort of think about much the priesthood of believers or all believers. What does that mean? Back in medieval Christianity, there was a bit of a dark time, and there was a lot of control and a lot of toxicity, and to be honest, a lot of sin in in the established church at the time. And there was something, I'm not sure where it came from, but they believed that there were certain people, mostly leaders, that they were closer to God. And so people could only get saved or only find salvation through other people. You had to be a bishop or a priest, so you could only get saved through them. They were closer to God. They could only do some certain things. It was only them that could read the Bible. It was only them that got the revelation of truth. It was only them. And then there was a whole lot of plebs down the hierarchy line. And you really couldn't get to God at all you had to go through one of the bishops, and understandably, there was a lot of control there. And then the Protestant Reformation came along. and a part of the Protestant revelation, uh, sorry, the Protestant Reformation, um, was that everyone had access to God. There was only one person between God and man, that was the man, Jesus Christ. and he dearly, belovedly wanted us to come in and have a relationship with him. We could all read the Bible. we could all understand, we could all pray. We could all find salvation in Jesus. And a part of that was the priesthood of all believers. And I just wanna share that because I'm gonna talk about worship now, how worship in the New Testament has its anchor in the Old Testament. First Peter 2 verse nine says, but you are a chosen race or a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It's talking about Jesus. So we're a chosen race, royal priesthood, holy nation, a people of God, his own possession. Why? So that we could worship him, so that we could give him the glory, that we could give him the honor and reverence that's, that's due him. But it's really interesting, a royal priesthood, the, the, the early church, they never had the New Testament letters like we had them that came along um, a little bit. They, they were dispersed among the early church. But whenever they heard things like that, their Bible that they knew well was the Old Testament. So when, as soon as they heard, you are a, a royal priesthood, they went back to Moses' time where they were actually priests. And how did they, what did they do? What were the priests um, position description they were there to worship god to to offer sacrifices to God on behalf of the people um, and and so straight away when the early church heard these words or read these words, you are a royal priesthood they would have gone straight back and understood the anchor in the old testament was all about priests so remember that for a second we're, we're a different kind of priests now but As New Testament believers, God looks at us today and he looks at all of us and he says, you are a priest. We are in part of this incredible thing called the priesthood of all believers. Go to Hebrews 13, verse 15, and the first part of this is all about priests offering sacrifices. And then in verse 15, it says, through him or through Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. I'll read it again. Through Him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge His name. We are still called to be priests. Back in the olden days, the priests would offer sacrifices of animals, of, of lambs and of bulls and of goats on behalf of the people to, to get right with God because uh, they understood they needed to, for- to, to receive forgiveness. And these things temporarily covered over sin because Jesus, the, the, the ultimate sacrifice, hadn't, hadn't been crucified and paid the price yet. So they would offer these sacrifices to God. It was worship. And where they did this, the tabernacle was in the middle of the whole camp. It's where the whole camp congregated. It's like local church for us today. We are still called to be priests, to carry on what the priests did. What were their duties? To offer sacrifices to God. That hasn't stopped. The reason sort of has. Back in those days, they did it because it was a temporary cover, cover over. They, they, they understood. They needed to find forgiveness. We offer sacrifices still. Every believer is called to offer sacrifices and the Bible is very clear, it's not bulls and goats, It's thank goodness, it's a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to God. And we don't do that to find forgiveness anymore. We've already been forgiven. That is done, Jesus was the ultimate sacrificial lamb, once for all time. So we don't make a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to find Forgiveness, we give a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving because we have already been forgiven. We are still called to be priests. The priesthood continues on. What is the role of a priest is to offer sacrifices to God. What are the sacrifices now in the New Testament under the new covenant because Jesus has paid it all. It's no longer blood and, and of, of blood and of goats and bulls. It's sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving because we've been forgiven. That's what we are called to do. It's to worship God. That is why I believe worship is the primary role and the purpose of the New Testament church. First and foremost, there are so many other priorities and they are all incredibly crucial and vital. We dare not forget about evangelism. We dare not forget about discipleship. We dare not forget about community impact. But we need to dare not forget that worship is first and foremost. We offer sacrifices to God. We come to God first. And I'm gonna share about that a little bit more last week, uh, next week. And am, I, am I making sense? I'm feeling like my words are all up. It's because Chris prayed for me and my like brains all <laughs> So let's think about that priests offering sacrifices a little bit more because when this was spoken, that was the imagery, that was the context in which they understood this. In the Old Testament, you never just rocked up to the priest and just like flung a goat to him and said, sweet ass, and it didn't. It always cost the person. And you understand, like you, you could buy them, I think, later on, but still that involved a cost, but most of the time, you raised the sacrifice from a little baby animal and if you're anything like us, man, we love animals. I'm, I'm crazy love animals. We've got four cats and a dog. And if I was allowed, I could have more. But, so, but then understanding that you've got this little animal, whether it's a, a baby lamb or a goat or whatever it was in your household, understanding that that purpose is ultimately going to die. So they would prepare that and it would, it would break their heart. They understood that there was a cost. Sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving, it still involves a cost. I think sometimes again we forget about this. That very word sacrifice comes from the Greek word thuo, meaning to kill for a purpose. So we are called as New Testament priests to offer a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. The very wording means that there's something that has to die as we present the sacrifice to God. What is it? It could be our lethargy, it could be our preference of musical style, it could be our pride could be our fear of man. We could have just had a really dumb week and it's like, there's no way I wanna give a a sacrifice. All of those things. Every time we bring a sacrifice of praise and worship to God, scripturally, there should be something that we need to kill off in our lives. There needs to be a cost. I think we've made it, like, the the worship is awesome. The atmosphere is amazing. It's just like, oh, this is so easy to worship today. (laughs) Maybe we've gotten it a little bit off and a little bit wrong. It's worship and it actually giving a sacrifice of praise. and It means preparation. When was the last time before church on a Sunday, we thought, God, I, I want to prepare my heart to give you a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, worship. Yeah, we did, yeah, because <laughs> I told you guys to <laughs> for the service. I think this will absolutely revolutionize our our life. And I absolutely agree with what Chris did some, says this morning. There's something different. There's a change in the air as we put God first, as we worship Him with all of our hearts, as we make space, as we understand that giving a sacrifice of praise and worship and offering, there is a sacrifice involved. Nathan Finocchio, he's a hero of mine a young guy, but he's awesome. He is the president of Theos University. He's coming to the um, New Life Conference this year. So I am so excited. I know that Mitch is way more excited than me. He's his number one hero. But He said something and I think it is so profound and it is so in season for this church. This is it. The antidote for consumerism and Passive Sunday experiences is simply teaching people that they are priests And must bring the right sacrifices to God. This is what he is asking for. When the church becomes a priesthood and the right sacrifices are offered, the glory of the Lord will visit the church. I want to say that again. The antidote for consumerism and passive Sunday experiences is simply teaching people that they are priests and must bring the right sacrifices to God. What he is asking for. When the church becomes a priesthood and the right sacrifices are offered, the glory of the Lord will visit the church. I absolutely believe that. It makes me so excited. So in conclusion, if I can have the band up, it would be awesome. Thank you. Exoling God is the chief purpose of the local church. And we understand, I hope I made it very clear, Like evangelism, discipleship, equipping the saints are all vitally important. But this is the most important, loving God with all of our hearts first and then loving each other second. And getting that order right, I think, is really, really important. Because when we worship God and we make that place of, for God in our local church, we understand it's a priority. Everything else and, and, the, and making, seeing effective evangelism happen and effective discipleships it all comes out of relationship, connection, surrender to God. So exalting God is the chief purpose of the local church. We are priests called to continue on the ministry of offering sacrifices to God. And the sacrifices we now offer are praise and thanksgiving. Thanking God it's like when things have turned to custard, actually choosing to thank Him. Praising God when you don't understand what's going on in your life. Putting all those things aside and saying, "God." prepared my heart afresh, I'm going to present to you today a sacrifice of praise and worship and thanksgiving and adoration. Like We can do this by ourselves. We can always worship God. There's no barrier. The Bible says come boldly into His throne room. But there is something incredibly special. And we see this right throughout the Bible when God's people congregated and made a big deal about putting Him first and worshipping Him giving Him sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise. If we could stand up, it would be awesome. We're gonna have communion as a part of this and we're going to worship God soon as well. Um, so as we sing, please, you are more than welcome to have communion. Um, communion, the, the, the wafer represents the body of, of Jesus. Oh, thank you. Broken for us. And, and the grape juice symbolizes Jesus' blood that washes away all sin. And when Jesus did this with His disciples, He said, do this in remembrance of me. That word remembrance means deliberate recalling. And so often in our busy life, we we neglect Jesus. He's there, but we sort of forget. uh, and, And we just go about our life. We even go about our ministry. But why Jesus told us to do this regularly, was that we recall, we purposely deliberately remember Him in the power of the cross, that our sins have been washed away, that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, washes away, cleanses us from all unrighteousness, and that He was broken, His body was mangled on the cross so that our brokenness could be healed and made forgiven. So as we sing soon, that's what we're gonna do and feel free to have communion during that time just between you and the Lord. I just wanna finish with this. Matthew fourteen thirty two, this is when Peter and uh, had had walked out on water. Jesus was walking on the water, and they'd come back into the boat. And this is the first time we actually read that the disciples worship Jesus. It says, and when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." And I find that amazing because you would naturally think, well, the disciples worshiped Jesus all the way through. It wasn't until this time that they truly worshiped Him. It's the first mention of it in uh, the Bible. And the disciples had been hanging out with Jesus. They had been watching Jesus. They had been talking with Jesus. They had a relationship with Jesus. Um, They even did what Jesus was asking them in ministry. But this was the first time they actually worshipped Jesus. And I thought, could that be the same today? as as New Testament believers in Jesus in 2024 now, like we know all about Jesus and we hang out with Him, but actually surrendering our whole entire lives and maybe even doing this afresh and actually bowing down and worshiping Jesus as the Lord, as our Savior, as the number one thing in our life and giving Him a sacrifice of praise and worship, but also giving Him a sacrifice of our lives as a living sacrifice. So we're gonna continue on, we're gonna worship, we're gonna sing a song that's all about worshiping Jesus and I really encourage you guys to do that, to give, really give Jesus a sacrifice of thanksgiving this morning and understand that you were priests and may this be ingrained in our life from now on, but also during this time, a fresh surrender of Jesus. If you've never given your life to Jesus, it's simply saying, Jesus, I I wanna give my life to you. Please forgive me, please come into my life. And, and we can talk about that later. Don't leave, if that's you, if you are wanting to do that, you want to have a chat with you. But for the rest of us, we're gonna worship the Lord. You can worship along. The, the altar is open if you want to come and if you want to kneel as just a real symbolic representation of a fresh start. If you just want to come and stand, if you want to come and take communion, if you want to go to the, down to the back and just spend time with the Lord, please do so as well. But right now we are truly as a church body going to give Jesus a sacrifice of praise a a sacrifice of thanksgiving. So Father, I just wanna thank you for that incredible, incredible truth that again, there are no intermediaries between us and you and having a super close relationship except for one man, the man Jesus Christ. And he's welcoming us this morning. Lord, as we put aside lethargy and tiredness and stress and confusion, if we as we push off unbelief in our lives pride and as we prepare our hearts to give you a sacrifice of thanksgiving a sacrifice of praise a sacrifice of worship lord come and visit and do incredible things in this this body. We don't we don't worship to get, but I want to thank you, Lord, that you are such a generous God. When you see our hearts have surrendered to you, you always come in and you always fill and you always do something new and exciting. So may it be so now in the next few minutes, God, in this sanctuary, as your people, as your priests come and give you sacrifices of thanksgiving and praise. Have your way, Holy Spirit, in every person's heart and life. In Jesus' name. Amen. so much for listening. We hope it was an encouragement to you. To contact us or to find out what's happening at our church, please check out our website renewchurch.nz